0: Good morning, and welcome back to Margin. This morning, we're going to talk about how your net worth affects your legacy. So let's jump right into it. Welcome to the Millennial Margin Podcast. I created this personal finance resource out of necessity as I've watched countless people schedule away, mortgage up, and max out their lives. Margin is simply the antithesis, providing leeway in an increasingly marginless culture. If you want to build margin into your personal finances on a daily basis, this is the podcast for you. So income is often talked about by people more so than net worth because it's what immediately affects them on the day-to-day basis. So unless you have received an inheritance yourself, your income is what will produce your net worth. That will be what contributes to that net worth. Now, this means that your income will both feed into the assets you purchase, but also the availability to traditional means of debt in order to purchase homes, vehicles, businesses, and other assets accordingly. So before we go too far into this, I wanna define net worth. Now, net worth is the accumulation of what you own in assets after the accumulation of what you owe in debts or liabilities is subtracted. So it's basically what you own minus what you owe equals your net worth. So if you own a home and have a mortgage on that home, like two thirds of primary residences in America, then you would take the estimated value of that home uh, based on current market conditions, which is what the, you know, typical comps are selling for that compared to your house, um, minus the debt associated with that property. Now, this could be a mortgage, could be a home equity line of credit, it could be a home equity loan, or it could be a combination of a few different loans associated to that property. But you would then take the asset value and subtract that debt, providing you with a piece of your net worth, assuming that you're not underwater on that property. Now, the same would be true with a vehicle that you own. Let's say that you purchased a $27,000 Honda Accord and you've owned it for four years. After paying the car payment for that period of time, you still, let's say, owe $10,000 on that car. But the market value or what that car would sell for is still sitting at about $18,000. So this means that uh, that you basically have a difference of equity of $8,000 that contributes to your net worth. So the survey of customer finances that I referred to in the last episode had a lot to say about net worth. So I wanted to go through and actually take some snippets out of their research and share it with you today and then talk further about that. So they stated in their most recent research that the median net worth of all families rose 18% over the last period of three years that they observed to $121,700. Now, this figure would be the culmination of aspects like the equity in that vehicle and that example we just used. So it'd be the culmination of different aspects that you own, after the debt is removed. Now, their research found that unsurprisingly, net worth tends to rise systematically with income as higher income families have higher levels of saving, uh, which then results in a feedback effect or feedback loop of higher income uh, from the accumulated assets that they've they gathered. So in addition, net worth generally increases with age until it plateaus or decreases uh, modestly for uh, the oldest age group as they retire. A, a pattern reflecting the fact that individuals usually save for retirement through their working years or their career, and then they spend those savings in retirement. Now, finally, net worth exhibits strong differentials or uh, differences across groups defined in terms of education, racial or ethnic background, urbanicity, and housing status. Now, these differentials uh, generally mirror those for income, but the wealth difference uh, differences are larger. Now this basically means that a lower income can still generate wealth over time, but a larger income can contribute to the ability to acquire uh, assets faster uh, that that then in turn build your net worth Quicker. Now, this net worth in turn is what will be used to fund the legacy you want to leave behind. So if you want to contribute to the college savings of, let's say, your grandchildren, give to a nonprofit or a cause otherwise, the net worth is what is left over in order to accomplish those legacy goals. So if you're needing some clarity on what assets consist of what are some examples let's look at uh some examples outlined by the federal reserve now they stated that transaction accounts which include uh checking savings money market call accounts and prepaid debit cards remained uh amongst the most commonly held type of financial asset while the second most commonly held type of uh financial asset uh continued to, to be retirement accounts. So that includes uh, individual uh, retirement accounts, uh, uh, KIO accounts, if I'm saying it right, uh, which is a self-employed retirement plan uh, that is tax-deferred, and uh, certain employer-sponsored accounts such as 401Ks, 403Bs, or uh, let's say thrift savings accounts for, uh, for you know federal employees. Now the research found that about half of families owned such accounts, such accounts like these. Now other examples may include vehicles, uh, which was stated as the most commonly held, um, you know, type of non-financial asset. Uh, residential owned property, which was estimated at sixty-five percent, uh, which is means sixty-five percent of the. Uh, population owned uh, their, their own residence and then 13% of the population had a secondary um, you know, uh, home or property otherwise. Now other examples may include something like business, uh, a, you know business equity, and you would be able to include that in your net worth as well. Uh, but as for assets, you'll want to gather uh, together what the value of that business is based on a multiplier of the industry that you're in. Now, as for liabilities, the research found that credit card debt continued to be the most widely held type of debt, and that almost two-thirds of homeowners have homes secured by debt, which means that more than one-third of homeowners own their homes free and clear. Meanwhile, two-thirds of homeowners have some form of debt on that property. Now, the research went on to state that about 37% of families held vehicle loans and nearly 22% of families had education-related loans, while only 10% or a little over 10% of families held other installment loans. Now, other installment loans would be categorized as loans for items like appliances. Maybe it's uh, it includes uh, medical debt and other aspects like that that are just not categorized in specific uh, buckets otherwise. Now, if you're going to go get a loan, banks or financial institutions may use some kind of ratio to compare the income we discussed in yesterday's episode to the assets and liabilities we are reviewing in today's episode. So you may find that they use three common ratios. And and those ratios are a leverage ratio, a debt-to-income ratio, and a payment-to-income ratio. Now, they stated in the research that leverage ratios uh, compare debt-to-assets. Uh, debt-to-income ratios, on the other hand, compare debt-to-income Uh, and payment-to-income ratios compare payments made on debt relative to the individual's income. Now, this is important as it's part of the rhetoric the bank or financial institution uses if you decide to take on more debt. So they're using some of these ratios to figure out what your credit worthiness is outside of just providing your credit score. Now, there is debt that can and does produce income streams, greater net worth, And the ability to scale more effectively or faster. But factoring this into your greater picture in regards to the life cycle of of both your income and your net worth will ensure that you don't over leverage yourself based on the life cycle you're in. Now my call to action today is to simply write down what you think your net worth is as of today. Just a single number. You may need to go through the calculation of looking at your assets and your liabilities in order to get your bottom line uh, net worth, but uh, write down that number. Thank you for your time, enjoy your day, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. If this information is helpful to you, explore the Margin Membership, where me and my team will help you take the information you're learning and apply it to your life and your finances. I've built an interactive course that allows me and my team to come alongside people like you to help you revamp your finances and build margin into your life. Click the link in the description below for more information. If this information is helpful to you, please do follow, visit millenniummargin.com or connect with me on Margin's social platforms.